0: What I came to, which was a complete revelation for me, is allowing any of the hateful, bigoted people that come after me to have their experience too. It's not okay to be abusive. You know, there are boundaries, we're not <laughs> we're not allowing free reign. But I don't have to feel the least bit responsible for changing the fact. That who I am, how I look, how I live my life, whatever it is, has brought forth something very difficult for them.
1: Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacy Toth of Real Everything, and I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. And before we get started, I want to remind you that... Myself and our guest are not medical professionals. This podcast is for general education purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness, and we always recommend that you consult a licensed provider, should you need one. That said, I am so excited to welcome back Jeffrey Marsh. If you weren't around before to hear Jeffrey the first time, they are a speaker, coach, and first openly non-binary public figure to be interviewed on national television and was the first non-binary author to be offered a book deal with any Big Five publisher the best-selling How to Be You is prolific. Seriously, I read it to understand kiddo more and ended up understanding myself so much better. (laughs) Funny Uh, how that works. It's not (laughs) a coincidence. I love that we share the belief that if we hope to accept others unconditionally, we must start with ourselves. Mm. And that is the root of compassion. So, Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming back and being on the show to talk about that today.
0: It's really convenient, you know, because people come to me and say, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And the answer is always the same. Learn Learn to love yourself more. Mm -hmm. Yep. And nobody wants to hear that answer.
1: (laughs) No, that's the hard answer.
0: (laughs) But what can I do? You know? Yeah. That's what you can do. Learn to love yourself more.
1: Mm. I love that you go through some of those small steps and choices on your social platforms so I want to remind people where they can find you not only does your website jeffreymarsh.com have links to all of this stuff but on Instagram which I know most of our listeners are on you're at the Jeffrey Marsh. Is it the mm-hmm. same on TikTok for those yep. youngsters who might occasionally arrive here?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: my my demographics, you know, the
0: app tells you who's following yeah, you. And yeah. uh, that's it's not just youngsters. So
1: Yes. And of course, I mentioned your book, How to Be you. you. I personally read it via audiobook. It's also available in paper format, which is how kiddo read it. And you have a great TED Talk that I'll link and social as well. Great. So, for listeners who didn't listen to our first show, which was episode 1 of this new season, and I I will forever be indebted to you for being willing to step up to the plate for that first episode. It was really really wonderful. So listeners, if you haven't gone back and listened to that, we focused on perfectionism and how that's detrimental to health and serves us in a very toxic way, which I hadn't considered until really leaning into the tools and services that you provide. And because everything is really about what I need to hear, I don't know if you do this in your own life, right? But like the research that I do and the guests that I have, it's really all about me, (laughs) and what I want to dig into more. I thought we could talk about self-compassion, which you brought up on the last show. I said, do you call that self-love? And you said, actually self-compassion. So could you share more about what that means to you?
0: Yeah, self-compassion as opposed to self-love or in relation to or what? Either
1: way, however you define it and however we can receive your beaming love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> self-compassion to me is a very handy way to put it because love seems impossible to a lot of people. The only version of love that most of us were taught was Conditional. You got to be perfect. You got to. And by the way, perfect means if a parent wants you to be perfect, all they want you to do is be exactly what they want at every single moment of every day. You know, I think about getting feedback and how I don't know for you, but my parents ruined feedback. Not just uh, you can't take a compliment, but I, I, I couldn't take negative feedback and neutral feedback was absolutely the worst. So meaning, you know, someone compliments me and I think they're lying. I think they're manipulating me. Right. This is not true anymore. This is, you know, years ago when I was working with this stuff and negative feedback was like, Oh my gosh, they don't like me. And if somebody was like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> right. Like how did you like the restaurant I picked out? Eh, you know, it was Okay. <laughs> that was the worst, because then my brain would go into all these machinations about, are they lying? Do they like me? Do they not? What, what can I do next time? And On and on and on. So feedback of any kind was, was ruined. And the way that relates to self-compassion is, we all deserve to live in a constant, compassionate feedback loop inside our own selves. Period.
1: I'm just letting that sit for a minute because I feel like we had a guest on, her name was Nina, talking about body peace. And she basically gave the inverse of that as an explanation of what Mm. we're all doing to ourselves all the time, right? Like we're constantly trying to change the way we look or change the way we behave or all of these kinds of things. And when we're doing that, she called it at war with ourselves and our bodies Mm -hmm. versus Finding peace, which is also another way of acceptance, compassion, all of these kinds of things fall within the same bucket, so to speak, right? And I I think that the idea that we deserve kindness and compassion with ourselves all the time is something that most of us can't even fathom because we're so far from it, from (laughs) the self-criticism and the criticism of others and the judgment and all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, it feels deeply unsafe. We were taught the way to stay safe is to manage ourselves, to be what they want, whoever they is, our parents or whoever, right? And that kind of constant self-management, ooh, it takes a lot of effort, one. But two, it's the only thing that feels safe. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, or for me perhaps the feeling of safety is more about, and I, I, I see this with others, right? This idea of, well, if I'm tearing myself down, then if someone else does it, they can't hurt me anymore than I'm already hurt. Versus, oh.
0: do you know what I'm like? I'll just walk around in a constant state of hurt. Yes, and then nobody can hurt me.
1: That I'm doing to myself.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And I'll I'll let you in on a huge secret that I'm not supposed to say, but I'm writing a second book now.
1: I'm leaning, and, I'm leaning in. I literally was <laughs> like, tell me the secret. So excited.
0: And I write about that exact thing happening to me, that I took the outside voices and not just doubled down, but tripled down, quadrupled down inside myself. I went extra credit and treated myself ten times worse than outside people were treating me. Just to make sure that I was I don't know what, doing what I was supposed to do or something.
1: Yeah. And that's that's the underknown uh Underknown? Is that under-known? What you just Underwear underwear known plan, I think are the words that I'm looking for. I was using quotation marks when I said it. That's what we call it when it's like and okay, you do this thing, and then this thing, and then what? You know, like, okay, mm-hmm. you've criticized yourself for so long, and then, and then what? Like, what good did that do? And we talked last time about how negatively that affects our physical health as well. Like, the emotions are so linked to what drives stress and different factors internally when we do that to ourselves, that the and what isn't just that you're you know, spinning in the circle of negativity. It's that we're actually driving ourselves to live lives that are less, not just emotionally full, but that feel less good because we're making ourselves sick with those sort of perfectionist type attitudes and behaviors.
0: I mean, not to mention you're in a constant torture Mm -hmm. state.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I loved what you said in an interview with September Letters. Do you remember that interview? How long ago was it?
0: Oh, gosh. I don't remember how long ago it was. A few months ago.
1: Okay, it wasn't that long ago then. So you said, it's one of the great ironies that when you need the most kindness and self-compassion, you are the least talented at giving it to yourself. Right in the beginning, you needed an ocean of kindness, compassion, self-love, and probably your talent for giving that to yourself is itty-bitty. What you need to do to start to work on your talent for giving yourself compassion and the most convenient place to start is wherever you happen to be. (laughs) You say, I know this may sound catchphrasy, but say you send out an email with three misspellings or your dog is barking in the background of the Zoom, can you in that moment say, I love you, thank you, I know you're trying hard, can we just work with the things that are happening now and then we'll get to, I'm going to be happy in a little bit. It was really mm. profound for me to think about moments that we've all had like that. That we, you know, what like, we've all accidentally unmuted ourselves on Zoom and had an embarrassing moment, and this self-criticism yep. and shame and all of this kind of stuff that goes on in our head about the mistakes that we made, and instead say, "I know you're trying hard," and and just be okay with that was really. I I wanted to kind of bring that forward and give a chance to talk about some other simple acts of kindness we can do for ourselves. Instead of thinking of it in this like big giant thing that feels impossible, like you said, like self-love feels unattainable, but baby steps, like what about Bob? You've seen that movie, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But (laughs) our younger audience is like, what? But what about Bob when he's taking baby steps? Like, what can we do to expand on this more for ourselves?
0: How about just not severely punishing yourself <laughs>
1: for the start. tiniest
0: things? Yeah. Could we just start stop stop doing that? I'll let you in on another little secret. I'm telling you all the secrets I'm today. I'm so here for it. This particular secret is about how I'm a good person, which I know you can relate to. During that exact interview, the interviewer's dog kept barking in the back of the of the Zoom, and. The interviewer kept apologizing to me for it. And so I just threw that in to be like an extra good person.
1: I love that.
0: (laughs) I threw it into the interview. And that reminds me of the answer to what what you're saying. I happen to be excellent at helping other people feel good. And it originated out of being a traumatized kid and needing to, or feeling like I needed to be obsessed with what other people think of me. And having all these skills around trying to help people be in better moods that were programmed into me around my parents, which we can talk about more if you want. But I realized at a certain point, yay, I like making other people feel good. And the real key to come to loop on back to everything we've been talking about is you can do that to you you have those skills and you can use them on your
1: I think that is harder for me than with other people. And I think that is an interesting concept to ruminate on and something I've thought a lot about mm-hmm. over the last couple of years is why do I have a different standard for what people are allowed to say to my friends versus what I'm allowed to say to Ooh. myself. Ooh, right? Yeah.
0: Mhm. And what your family or whoever? Exactly.
1: Yeah. And what I've started saying to the kids when they say something negative about themselves like, "Oh, I'm such an idiot. I did blah blah blah." <laughs> I am such the like annoying cliché mom and I say, "Please don't talk about someone I love that way." And they always roll their eyes. <laughs> but I know that it gets the point across easier than if I were to say, "Don't talk negatively about yourself," right? Like it's like at least I'm able to say in some sort of way, this is about love. This is a like, let's let's not go there. You simply dropped a bottle of whatever in the kitchen. It's it's fine. Everybody's clumsy. We all drop things. But I I it's interesting to me to kind of break apart what condition happened in in my life and to others that the decision was made that I could be meaner to myself than I could be to others, you know, that like this idea of do unto others as you would do unto yourself, but I couldn't reverse that for me.
0: <laughs> the golden rule, but only the first part right? <laughs> about being nice to other people. Yeah. 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 I, I have a theory. Do you want to hear it? I, yes. Or I have an experience from my own life. Mm-hmm. I was like so many people I was programmed from the earliest age, to have an outward focus. So that that was my role. That was the way to stay safe again. That was the way to function in the family unit, was I needed to have this outward focus. And if I had a dime, if I had a quarter, if I had a hay penny, for every time somebody said to me, self-care is selfish, it's just... Uh, ridiculous notion. It's quite the opposite. When you can get both parts of that golden rule, you just get better at both parts of that golden rule.
1: Absolutely. And I think I tell people all the time I'm a better parent if I take time for me. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not doing right by my children if I'm not allowing myself time to recover and fill my cup. For sure.
0: Oh, yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm guessing from your story, then you would the next day drop something in the kitchen and
1: inside <laughs> your
0: own mind would be like, oh, you're such an idiot.
1: Not right. anymore. Not anymore. Good. But certainly in the past, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, one exercise, I, depending on where people are when they come to coach with me, I will just ask people to write down some of the things that their brain says to them. Because if you never even consider it, you have no idea how absolutely abusive and cruel those inner voices can be. And I would hope that if you had an outside person saying something like that to you, they'd be out of your life very quickly.
1: Yeah, I think it's unfortunate how that doesn't happen either. And I think society outside people, you mean? Yes. Like, yeah. societally, it's set up to... How do I phrase this? We we coach ourselves as a culture. I can only speak to American culture. I don't know if this is the same way all around the world, but that family is blood is the most important. And you don't rock that boat and you suck it up, you make it right, you do what you need to do. And Mm. I have had moments in my life where I've needed to change the dynamic of a relationship. And that meant stopping communications, which felt like I was committing murder. Like that's just culturally what it felt like for me. And it Mm -hmm. ended up being long-term great for that relationship. It gave us space. We went to therapy together. Now we have a close relationship Not all relationships can heal in that direction, but I think that it's unfortunate how long people will endure abusive relationships from family or otherwise verbal or, you know, whatever it might be because, well, that's my aunt and I've just got to deal with it you know, it's, (laughs) no, you don't. (laughs) That's not a compassionate way to live. And if, you know, we try to set up boundaries or we try to say, I don't like when you say that to me, I need this from you. And the person laughs and doesn't respect. Then I think, then I think we're in this other world of, okay, how do we embrace more compassion with ourselves and be okay with letting go. But I, I do have you experienced this where people are just like, oh I can't not contact family? Like Oh gosh, of course. Yeah.
0: It's it's the abuser's delight. The person they're abusing will feel like a quote unquote bad person for for putting an end to that relationship. Mm. I And I went through it myself. So I'm currently no contact, meaning zero zip contact with all of the family. So cousins, aunts, anybody, family, friends, they're all, they're all out of the picture. And I recently found out that there was a group uh, message, you know, uh, group, what would you call that? text Chat. Mm -hmm. chat with my parents and my partner and I so the four of us my husband and I I should say proudly and you know the four of us in this chat and I blocked my parents after I went no contact and I found out they were just still trying to chat my my you know it put my husband in an awkward position and he didn't respond to them but they were still what you made me think of, because you said it so brilliantly and beautifully, the cost, the toll for being in relationship with them was to deny my experience.
1: Well, I didn't say it that beautifully. <laughs>
0: I was condensing a little bit. but, you know, that's that's. I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth if you don't like. No, it's there, one. But... It's
1: one hundred percent the case that, and I I have found that the more healing that I've done, this idea of feelings being valid is something that is only recently been in my vocabulary, and I have had multiple conversations with my husband, like. What I really need in these moments is for you just to tell me that my feelings are valid. Like, I don't want to get into it with you. It doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be a 10-minute spiral about who's right or wrong. Like, I just need you to acknowledge my feelings. And that has been like a marvelous addition to my emotional vocabulary, this idea of being able to say to someone, I hear you. I see that you're upset. I understand like you it's totally valid that you don't like what just happened and I don't have to feel the same way that is not something I understood before (laughs) like the the idea
0: what do you mean I don't I don't have to feel the same way I
1: I have my whole life up until the last couple of years felt like well I'm not going to apologize if I don't think the same way whatever it is right like and and it was my tough wall of you know impenetrable vulnerability like I can't let my guard down to tell someone that you know they that I recognize their feelings are hurt because I don't think their feelings should be hurt right like that's my previous mm. mentality versus respecting The experience and the feelings that that person had as their own, that I can both not have perceived it that way myself and that they have perceived it that way for themselves. And I can acknowledge that and validate that without saying I'm a bad person or whatever it is that I think that I'm saying by acknowledging those feelings.
0: Oh, goodness. It's definitely a two-way street. And so when I talk about it being the price of entry for a relationship, I had an abusive childhood. My parents tried just about everything to get me not to be LGBTQ. That's the, the short version, including violence, but other methods too. And I actually can completely respect that they didn't want to think about that or talk about it or face it or... You know, however however you would phrase that. Right, that's a lot to ask. But then my choice was pretty clear that we couldn't be in relationship with each other because I needed to be able to heal.
1: That's really big. And I hope people are hearing how big that is, right? That like... <laughs> they deserve to have, you know, their experience too. Yes, of course they do. Right. That someone else, if that's what they're choosing to believe and live, is different from what you're choosing to believe and live can both be valid separately, but that's like oil and water. It's not going to come together. Nothing you can do can magically make that come together. And I think that's where people get – that's where I at least – would really get stuck with this lack of compassion for myself because I would be trying mm. to make the, I would be trying to be the mustard in the salad dressing. You know, it's like oil and vinegar. were not coming together. And I felt like I should be that, that person.
0: You're going to emulsify.
1: I am. I am going to be the emulsifier. <laughs> and it, you know looking back at my history and my trauma being a child whose parents divorced at 1 year old it makes sense that that was what i think my job was right like mm-hmm. i was Absolutely. i was put in a position where i needed to emulsify a lot of different family dynamics at a very young age and it wasn't until i recognized what i was doing and why i was doing it that then i could have a little more compassion for myself and say nope it's okay i feel this way and you feel that way and we're we're both valid we're both deserving of love and compassion, and we don't agree, and that's okay. I think that, yeah, go ahead. I have oh, an example I, I, I wanted to share. i
0: at the bit because it's <laughs> such it. a rich conversation. Do you want to know what the ultimate is?
1: What's my goal? Where am I going with this?
0: Well, I don't know if you're going there, but you, you certainly can. People don't comprehend the way that I can be okay with hate, meaning hate comes at me a lot in the work that I do because people hate LGBTQ people. And what I came to, which was a complete revelation for me, is allowing any of the hateful, bigoted people that come after me to have their experience too. It's not okay to be abusive. You know, there are boundaries. We're not <laughs> we're not allowing free reign. But I don't have to feel the least bit responsible for changing the fact that who I am, how I look, how I live my life, whatever it is, has brought forth something very difficult for them.
1: Is that making any sense? No, it totally is. <laughs> and the example that I was going to give, so maybe and it'll they're help. are threatening my life. No, I... Mean, <laughs> Like I said, it is it is an aspiration for me. It is not where I am in my journey, but I am incredibly inspired by your ability to do that. And there was a particular example that you shared on Instagram that I think might help clarify for people in practice how this might look in a way that they could relate to their own life. And
0: but I don't know what you're talking you re- about re- yet. You ready?
1: There I mean, so many times. Yes. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. So this one in particular was a direct message exchange from someone who was being hateful and your response was so compassionate and kind It was remarkable really to read and inspiring too because ultimately where the conversation went led me to realize if I act with compassion myself, this might be something that goes positively, not to always assume the worst. And in this instance, the person was attacking you and making assumptions. You responded kindly and the conversation transpired in a way that I remember at one point you said to the person, I see that you want to protect your child. And that is admirable or whatever it was that you said. Mm. And that, you know, your child is looking for resources to explore their identity. And I am a safe place for that. And I understand that that concerns you. And like you, you laid it out, you know, a simple, as that, those weren't your words. I don't have it in front of me, but (laughs) you know, and, and the person really kind of kept throwing hate at you, but it was less and less. And then they got to a point where they acknowledged, yeah, my own fear is what drives my concern of this. And I see now that I have nothing to be fearful of, that you are a kind, compassionate person. And you came at me from this angle, and I now feel comfortable with my child learning from you. And it was like, what? What just happened? <laughs> right? Like this person went from Can like. Can I
0: tell you what just happened? Yes. Yes. So at the monastery, I I studied Zen for twenty years. I lived at a monastery, and at the monastery, my teacher there would talk about. I don't know if I've told you this before, nailing Jello to the wall.
1: It's a good it's a good visual representation for sure.
0: That it it really does take two people to act out the hate that kind of hate dynamic. If someone who's coming at you like that with it being defensive needs a hard surface to wh- whatever metaphor you want sink their axe into, right? And to try to claw at and whatever else. But if you don't give that to them, they're S O L. Can I say that mm-hmm. on this oh, yeah. podcast? <laughs> they are out of luck, let's say in general. And it just the energy of the hate has to go somewhere else.
1: I wish that it were easier and more frequent that the hate disappeared. I don't like that the hate goes somewhere else because i think that's a a very accurate phrase for Mm. what happens and it's it's often because hurt people hurt people and the trauma is still within someone and so it's it's bouncing around finding places to live other than on the heart of of whom it hurt in most cases in my experience
0: can i ask you something about that yeah Whenever, whenever any, anybody brings up hurt people, hurt people, which is to, to, as far as I can see a true phrase and it's intergenerational and it's societal and it's, you know, we should all stop hurting each other. Mm-hmm. When people say that, I just think, who cares at this point? Do you ever feel that way? Like, I'm tired of being the one explaining why abusers are the way they are. They should just stop.
1: Yes and no, I totally agree. And I think that there are a lot of people who don't recognize that the reason that they're cruel to others is because they haven't dealt with their own pain.
0: Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be nice if everybody took responsibility like that? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. Well, and it, it is a helpful phrase for my teenagers, too. Right. Like when people are being cruel, there's one particular kid at the school whose parents must be instilling the most volatile toxic messaging to their child because their child comes in with those phrases and thoughts and puts them upon my trans child and one of the things that I talk about with kiddo is where do you think this person is learning that this person is also a child. It does not excuse their behavior. It does not mean that we can accept this person treating us this way. Can we also have compassion for the pain that this person must be in that they come to school with such hate and such messaging that's already inside of them that they feel like they need to put onto others? So for Can I me, I compliment you? Thank well, thank I you. I I just I I want I feel like I need to like justify hurt people hurt people not from the perspective of that is any sort of excuse, excuse. Mm-hmm. but for those being hurt, sometimes it helps to know it's not really about you.
0: I never re- remember having that from either of my parents as a kid, so. That was my main compliment to you. You're a good parent.
1: Thank you. I try. I am licensed to parent. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You're
1: verified. I said that to somebody once and they were like, how do I get licensed? I was like, I'm I'm a foster parent. Like I literally went through (laughs) licensure and they were like, oh. This podcast is brought to you by Thrive Market. We personally use their auto ship feature and wish I had started sooner. I can find everything I need without having to run around to multiple different grocery stores. Some of the items that we get and love are their grass fed collagen peptides. Yep, this is one of the brands we've added. Organic ethically sourced chocolate chunks for baking, gluten-free measure for measure flour, organic reduced sodium tamari, sustainably caught tuna, organic ghee, and other more hard-to-find foods like gluten-free ramen noodle soup cups for kiddo, gluten-free, glyphosate-free oats, and cassava pasta. Plus, I love knowing that we'll never run out of ketchup, mustard, or avocado oil, mayo, because I put it on autopilot. If you could see me, I am pointing thumbs up at me like I'm the biggest dork in the world. But I love not having to worry about something, and they remind you before it ships, so I can always modify the box and add or remove things for that particular delivery. Not only are the prices affordable, Thrive Market carefully vets each and every item so you can trust that if they sell it, it's probably the highest quality available. And it's all in one place. Even though they have over 5,000 products, finding what you need is super easy. Honestly, just search for it by the filter. You can search for gluten-free, zero waste, or even BIPOC-owned brands. All right. Here's the even better news. You know I'm all about brands doing right by people on the planet. And when you join Thrive Market, you're joining a community of over 1 million members and sponsoring a family in need. And with their fast and free carbon neutral shipping, you are also bettering the planet. Join Thrive Market today and get $80 in free groceries. I'm not kidding. Doesn't hurt to try. That's Thrive Market T H R I V Market dot com slash whole view to get eighty dollars in free groceries. One more time, because I don't want you to miss out. That's thrivemarket.com slash whole view. Thrive com slash whole view. <music> Friends, it is late June. Who let that happen? I don't even understand. If your life is going by like a flash like mine, then maybe you need a reminder that this month, June 2022, you can use code clean for all 30 for 30% off my favorite brand beauty counter. And when you choose Stacy Toth at checkout, I'll be donating an essential item to Friendship Place, an award-winning, nationally recognized safe space. Before I became a foster parent, I had no idea that there is as much higher percentage of people who experience homelessness that are LGBTQ, in fact, 40% of homeless youth identify queer, many who age out of the system who are abandoned by family. So if you choose to help yourself switching to Safer for Less, you'll also help Beauty Counter's mission to get safer products into the hands of everyone through health protective laws. You'll support my woman-owned small business, and you'll get yourself 30% off with code CLEANFORALL30. Fun fact, I actually switched to Beauty Counter when I found out that the all-natural fermented cod liver oil beauty balm that I was using had... Been run through third-party tested only to find out that it contained hydrogenated seed oils, not in fact fermented cod liver, like I thought. There are no standards in personal care, regardless of what the label says or how crunchy it seems. I love Beauty Kenner. They test every single product batch against 23 different human health and environmental endpoints to ensure performance and safety. No contaminants, carcinogens, or unsafe heavy metals, no benzene and sunscreen, no PFAS and makeup, only nourishing skin superfoods to help you love the skin you're in. And I would personally love to help you love the skin that you're in. I do free consultations, so just email me, stacy at realeverything.com and I would love to help you figure out what would be best for you. I know change is hard and switching to Saver can be expensive. I would love to make both of those easier for you and take the fear out. Let me help you. Go to beautycounter.com slash Stacey Toth with their 60-day no questions asked return policy. What have you got to lose? Or if you're not sure what to get, Email me, Stacy at realeverything.com for help, and I will get you squared away. Okay, that said, I do mm-hmm. think it's especially important as the internet continues to drive such divisive clickbait emotional responses, like, could the internet be any more of a toxic place? Probably, but I mean, it's, we're, we're reaching critical point at this time that we all aim to be better allies as much as we can. And when we encounter these maddening, false, hyperbolic, fear-mongering things, content, people sharing it, what have you seen be a positive way forward? I mean, we talked about this conversation that you had, sometimes that isn't an opportunity for people, right? Like what, what do you see as a potential way forward?
0: To fix Facebook?
1: (laughs) No, nobody can fix
0: Facebook. I'm like, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) I mean, like in Um, response to these divisive, hateful, how do you handle the hate messages that you get? I mean, I gave this example in a DM, but you have been going through an incredible amount of hate lately from really public.
0: Tucker Carlson.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: How do I handle it? I think more. Yeah. I mean, you handle it with grace. I can answer that question. What is there a lesson that you've learned that maybe you could share with us about realizations within yourself to let go of some of that stuff, to have the self-compassion that we need or to help someone else who is hurt that doesn't realize that they're being cruel to others. Or do you know, like, is there Mm -hmm. a lesson there that you could share? Are
0: you ready? Mm -hmm. I had to go through, had to, ew, who said that? I delighted in looking at healing my childhood trauma you know, and I realized I have the right to be misunderstood. What I mean by that is one way my childhood programmed me was to be spending all kinds of energy trying to control the narrative that other people had of me. You know, it's a I phrase it in that way specifically, which we can talk about, but, you know, it's a version of being hyper concerned about what other people think of you, whether they like you or not. And, you know, most people have that. But a very specific version of it is I needed to act in a certain way to control the image and the narrative that people had about me. Well, if Tucker Carlson is playing your TikTok, in this, this probably sounds a little inside baseball in the a block of his show. That's like the first block of his show on a weeknight when the most people are watching and is implying things about you and who you are. That is the biggest possible way that I could learn that, that I can't control the narrative that like, that is the biggest loss of control of a narrative (laughs) that it's possible to have. So one thing that helped me be graceful was I have every right to be misunderstood. I know the truth. I'll keep speaking the truth. If they want the real truth, they can come to me and they can ask me. And if people are... I mean, I don't know what else to say to after that. That's it. I'm going to keep
1: going. But, no, you know, I know. I find myself, like. even as you're speaking, like... <laughs> I'm a Enneagram eight, which i'm just mm-hmm. a, i'm know, a poor i'm a I'm a huge protector, right, and so I'm just like, but he's wrong, <laughs> you know like you're so sure much is. more and and so for me i have my brain goes to that place, right like my brain goes to not to have compassion for this is his belief I can't I didn't
0: say it was compassion.
1: well i I do think that there is there's certainly compassion for yourself, but there's Mm -hmm. also a certain amount of compassion that goes into being able to say that person is going to believe what they're going to believe versus that person is wrong and I must fix it, which I get is controlling the narrative I think that there's there is an an element of compassion that goes into recognizing that person having their own baggage to lead them to those beliefs that is not yours to unpack or yours to fix or whatever but I I do think that that I hope that you give yourself credit for being compassionate for a person who has caused you death threats because it, I, I, I believe it is compassion, but it doesn't mean that you're, I
0: don't oh, like Tucker Carlson. No, it doesn't mean don't you t- like don't him or you're that. okay
1: with the things that he's saying about you, but there is the ability to let go and leave it over there, right? Like to like, not pick it up and to just be like, mm, it's over there. And it's, it's not mine. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to pick it up. I'm going to leave it over there. I think is is a remarkable talent both in compassion for yourself and knowing that isn't going to actually help you to feel like you can fix that because we both know you can't. But to also yeah. recognize that someone else's beliefs are their own, much like the validation, right? Like they're that's theirs can't do anything about that, but sometimes we can do something about it. like that DM conversation that you had with an individual. Is there, is there a moment that clicks for you or the type of conversation or how a person approaches you or what they say that you think this is worth my being compassionate and calm and and approaching it this way or responding at all versus just Nope, not gonna touch that and walking away from it. Like, is there a differential for you? Or is it always just, I'm going to respond with as much kindness as I can because that's what people deserve. That's what I deserve to be a kind person. And then it just reveals different results for you.
0: I'm gonna step one step beyond that, I think, and maybe work my way back, but maybe not. To anyone listening, I would just say, love yourself no matter what choice you make. So if you're dealing with something hateful in your life or someone hateful in your life, handle it to the best of your ability in this moment and then love yourself afterwards. That's the only thing I do. I don't have a tip sheet. I don't have a, you know, a, a this is this is good. This isn't good. I'm I will respond to this. Won't respond to this. No, I'm just trying to field what I what what's in front of me. Oh, and another hot tip: I have an assistant, so it's not like the death threats can come directly to me. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> that's if, if if that's possible for anybody, I would say do that.
1: Create a shield but, of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like the internet, like you said, Facebook. But really, just the internet in general has become
0: Facebook and Twitter are the worst
1: platforms. So divisive. Like, just and people whom you have, in my case, and in a lot of my friends' cases, real, actual, real life relationships with spiraling into vitriol and like boiling someone down to. One particular thought or belief, and you know i want I want to make very clear I've said this before this is not about a tolerance for you know hatred or lack of human rights like there's there's a bare minimum here that we're not mm-hmm. going to you know deep dip below but or rather, and in addition to that, there are conversations that are had that just drive people to not treat one another like humans. And it's it's almost like if you try to engage in some sort of like realistic but hey, let's walk through how this might be not make much sense or hypocritical or like but here okay, so here's how I see it. This is how you see it. Where could the potential like third party see both sides of what we're saying in a way that we can meet in the middle because most political topics in America, most people actually agree. We talked with Ace Schwartz, I think two weeks ago about gun violence and the effects that it has in school and how 90% of America agrees on a lot of different things. Yet, if you go on social media, it appears as though it's hugely divisive with extremist Mm -hmm. mentalities and it's it's hard for me to see people I love and I care about engaging in conversations with other people I love and I care about in this what feels like guerrilla warfare on the internet you know I wish that I can't solve Facebook either. Maybe if we could, we'd all have a lot less problems. But I I do want to kind of arm our listeners with some of those tools. And I I think your idea to always kind of make sure that you're being kind and loving and compassionate to yourself is a a great place to start. And you kind of got what I was trying to say and, and getting us there. But I think, yeah, man,
0: we can have a conversation about, well, how do you respond to a hateful DM? That's fine. But there's just something more fundamental here that you have to cultivate the ability within yourself to be kind to yourself no matter what happens. To get get that down first and Mm -hmm. then we'll, you know, talk tips and tricks.
1: All right. As a (laughs) feel-good final send-off, and we'll talk a little bit more on the Patreon. We can dive into what we didn't dive into. But as a final feel-good send-off and bringing us back to this idea of perfectionism being top being toxic, as well as the compassion that we've talked about today, please give us one of your famous affirmations from your profound concept. You know, this is no pressure because literally, I think you probably say these in your sleep. So, one of your profound concepts that we talked about last time and in your book is. The thing that we're told is wrong with us is what makes us perfect. Do you have a one-liner, an affirmation that we can remind ourselves when we're working on saying we're trying hard and letting go when we make mistakes for compassion?
0: What I would say to myself in those instances mm, is sure. that yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing more complex than I love you. Thank you. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. I
1: really. Ha <laughs> <really. laughs>
0: You wanted something more. No,
1: interesting. I, <laughs> I really love the "It's okay to feel what you're feeling" because I do think that oftentimes.
0: I love saying that to myself. Yeah, Ooh, we we all day
1: long. we have so many shoulds about ourselves, physical mm-hmm. and emotional, and that is a really great one, um, right there in the middle so listeners if you want to hear more about what we really thought or some (laughs) unveiled conversation who knows where it's gonna go join us on patreon.com slash the whole view it is the best place to ask questions and if you love the show that we create and produce ourselves the Patreon is a great way to support the show so is leaving a review and hitting the follow or subscribe button in the podcast app that you're using so that others can find us too and if you'd like to have one-on-one coaching with Jeffrey, which I highly recommend, that's how I originally it's fun. got into where I am in my journey. I, I truly, I mean... I'm not going to give you all the credit, but there's a large
0: oh, part of it. Oh, you did some work too. Yeah, yes. okay. there's, was, a, there's, yeah.
1: there's right. a large part of it. So you can go to jeffreymarsh.com slash coaching or simply tell them your story in an email to hello at jeffreymarsh.com and they'll tell you what to do next. And don't forget to check out their book, How to Be You by Jeffrey Marsh, an inspiring upbeat interactive guide to combating feelings of insecurity and self-defeat that dispels the illusion that perfection exists and helps readers write their own story towards self-acceptance. I will put a link in the show notes for you, and it sounds like we're going to have a follow-up to this book. I'm going to be first on your list. Keep
0: the secret, everybody. I'm going to
1: pre-order as soon as I can, (laughs) but get caught up with the first one. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming back on the show and sharing yourself with us and the listeners. Is there anything I missed in terms of how people can connect with you?
0: Oh, how they can connect
1: with me? Yeah, I'm. Oh I shared no, your... you
0: went out. You you said you got it, it all. Okay, good. Yes, excellent. Just Google me,
1: you know. <laughs> Just Google. <laughs> it's really what we're all doing anyway. Excellent.